0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with your host, me, Junior Renee Bobrun. If you are a new listener, I'd like to welcome you. If you are in a uh, returning listener, I'd like to welcome you back. little housekeeping before we begin. I'd like to give a special hello to our sponsor, onelavi.com that is o n e l a v i.com that is where i buy my vitamins and supplements and sports nutrition and functional foods things like my tahi manuka honey and my tahi forest honey things like that my vitamins right now i'm i'm on the site as we speak and i'm looking for a gut balance uh my Nutrimelts calcium plus vitamin D3 fortified in an age in an era where we are appropriately concerned about our immunity our immune systems and are we healthy enough to fight infections viruses etc etc it would behoove us if to 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 fortify our immune system with supplements, vitamins and supplementation. Oftentimes when we go to our supermarkets and we think we are getting foods that are going to fortify us, they do not. The foods that we think have are nutrient-dense, oftentimes they are not nutrient-dense. Oftentimes they have other things in them. They are genetically modified. What's supposed to have a seed all of a sudden now is seedless. And we are paying for these conveniences with our lives and our immune systems and our quality of life. So that may sound like a very heavy handed pitch, but I'm someone who pays very close attention to my nutrition, even when I'm not paying a close paying a close attention to it. I know when I'm abusing my body with junk food and comfort foods due to whatever external factors may motivate me to do so. I know I am very knowledgeable about food. I have several family members that are in the nutraceutical business. I myself used to be a personal trainer and it wasn't about just going to your local sports nutrition store and getting as much protein and creatine and glutamine as you can. I was very much about eating right. I I come from a Caribbean household where my mother made everything from scratch. Everything. Nothing came in a can. Rarely any packaged foods. And this is in the middle of New York City. So I knew about food early on. And then you learn more about food as you get out into the world. And then I learned how our food has been commodified and politicized. So if this is a heavy-handed way of getting your butts to go get vitamins and supplements and nutrition, fine. And if you do decide to go to onelavi.com, O-N-E-L-A-V-I.com for your supplement needs, double good. And also, I'd like you guys to go to ChavezHouse.com, the publishing arm of Lenore Batista's journal collection publishing arm of her successful highly successful essential self-publishing success blueprint and also a group of notebooks just in time for back to school there is a group of notebooks uh celebrating nationalistic pride we have the american flag we have the caribbean flags of haiti and jamaica trinidad barbados etc we have uh, flags from the middle east and we're we're, we're uh, we have uh, notebooks and diaries, Paris and, and London. There are a lot of different notebooks just in time for back to school. I highly suggest that you guys go to ChavezHouse.com for your book needs. There is a whole host of new items that are uh, coming online on that particular website. I think you guys will enjoy it. We're literally trying to make something for everyone. Okay? On that note, Welcome and thank you for being a part of Season 3, Episode 3, which we have titled Small World. I've titled it Small World. As you guys know, if you're a returning listener, you know we have a title. I pick it. It's not a random title. There's a method to the madness of the title. But oftentimes, the title comes from one place, but the stream of consciousness all comes from me. Why did I name it Small World? For so many reasons, I have to uh, uh, try to unpack all the reasons why I named this episode Small World. One of the reasons why I named it Small World is because of the device that many of you are listening to me on. That cell phone, our smartphones, many of our phones are smart. Your phone has to have a particular intelligence to actually stream this broadcast. The smartphone. I have a friend of mine. He lives in uh, the Netherlands, and uh, he's on uh, WhatsApp. And I just sent him a voice message a couple of hours ago. You know, there's a five to six to seven hour time difference between where we are in the United States and and parts of Europe, and um, I factored all of that in, so I I uh, contacted my friend in the Netherlands, I contacted my other friend who lives in uh, in Italy and Rome, then I contacted another friend of mine who's, who stays out in Honolulu, and I, I think to myself, at any given moment, I can be in contact with any person that I want to be, no matter where they are in the world, and... That is one of the most amazing things possible. And I do not have to pay a prohibitive charge for that. I am old enough to remember when you had calling cards where (laughs) calling Haiti or calling Europe (laughs) was $5 (laughs) for about three minutes worth of call time or four minutes. I remember when there was no such thing as unlimited calling. You know, your, your, your phone at your home you, you had to pay for long distance for your landline and that was an additional charge on top of the actual phone line connection charge and you would have to pay depending on where you were calling it and you were getting charged by the minute now friends of mine we just send audio recordings back and forth to each other we don't even have to get on the phone I'll send a f- two three minute audio recording whenever they hear it they send me another two three minute and we just bandy this this dialogue back and forth and it's awesome you know and it makes the world for my world bigger it makes all the places that i want to reach smaller i get to reach so far this big vast universe of ours but i get to reach so far with the technology And that's a beautiful thing about certain parts of our technology matrix is that I have my smartphone. If I'm I'm overseas, I remember when I was living in Cambodia for a while and um, I was using Facebook Messenger on my uh, uh, iPod. I didn't have a really smartphone. My phone was not very smart, but I had an iPod. And iPod, I downloaded Facebook Messenger and my iPod had FaceTime. So anytime I had a... um, Uh, wi-fi connection i was able to call whoever i needed to call just because i had skype just because i had facebook messenger facebook messenger audio and video on my phone and i was able to speak to everyone i needed to on the mainland anyone i needed to speak to in the united states europe canada caribbean didn't matter all from literally a hut in cambodia that just happened to have electricity and wi-fi way out there in the takeo province over there in Cambodia, and there I am speaking to everyone I need to speak to. I was in Phuket, Thailand, some some resort that was on top of a mountain. Wi-Fi, no problem. How awesome is that? This web, I get to go online and find out uh, where I'm going to stay, see how it looks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It makes it a very nice world. This technology, right? But I'd like to share with you something. I d- I wouldn't call it an incident. Let's just say that uh, I was speaking to an individual, grown man, an adult male, having a conversation. Let's just say a difference of opinion. We were face to face. And I don't think this particular individual, this ma- didn't like the, uh, the direction our conversation was going he didn't like where it was headed it, it didn't um he didn't agree with where it was going I wasn't acquiescing to his uh I guess his uh his tone I didn't fall back per se and you know what this man did Sh- I shouldn't call him a man this male did he pulled out his phone to try to record our conversation because he didn't like where the conversation was headed. And I thought to myself, I'm a man. I'm not engaged in any criminal activity, dangerous activity, morally questionable or ethically questionable activity. It's two individuals having a difference of opinion. He's an able-bodied male. I'm an able-bodied man. Difference. Because men don't pull out cell phones on each other and record each other. We don't do that. Males may. But men don't. Difference. We'll talk about that maybe in this episode or another one. We'll see how this stream of consciousness goes. Trying to bring it back to the small world. Bring it back. So this individual started to record me. And I had to make a, an executive decision at that point because I understand the world that I live in now where everyone is living vicariously through information that they see on these little tiny screens that are in their pockets or in the palm of their hands. And so this individual who I thought committed quite a cowardly act can do whatever he wants with this information at this point. He has my, he's recording my name and likeness into his device, and he's going to do with it as he pleases if I don't do something about it. Because what he can do at that point is make my world accessible to people that I did not give permission to. So all of a sudden, my world gets really small. And how does it get small? When the whole when a certain segment of the population or many, many people get invited into my world without my permission. And I'm sitting there, and me and this gentleman or this male, I looked at him, and um, all I will say is, details will be forthcoming on that the outcome of that particular uh, situation, the ending, so to speak. I won't go into it now, but I thought about how small our world is. I thought about how something that happens in New York City, in Florida, in a forest somewhere in the Midwest can go all over the planet in seconds I think there was a there was an article about a woman I remember reading um uh, uh about this woman who tweeted something before she got on a plane to Africa and she tweeted something and by the time she landed, her tweet was the tweet heard around the world and it was something that was I don't know if it was racist or this I don't remember, but I remember how how amazing that was. And at the same time, how disturbing that was. I remember being in Rome in 2011, March 2011, during what was called the Arab Spring in North Africa and in parts of the Middle East. And I remember all the video footage that I was seeing from Rome. I was on my laptop studying in Italy, and friends of mine that were of North African descent, you know, had... Tons of videos that they were emailing to me of what was going on on the ground in real time. Sometimes it was live from particular sites. And I thought to myself, wow, this is amazing. We get to make our world so much smaller. Places that we thought were so far and so foreign and so f- just 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 uh, orient to us. Just We weren't oriented to it, so it's just a far off reach. Now, all of a sudden, it's it's right here. It humanizes people. It makes it seem a lot closer, which it really is. So it's a small world after all, as the song goes, right? But then there's another element to this small world. I grew up with books. I didn't grow up with internet. I didn't grow up with Wi-Fi. I grew up with encyclopedias and books and pamphlets. I grew up with my father's bookcase, okay? And in my father's bookcase, or you know, on my father's bookcase, were books about everything. There were books in French, there were books in Spanish, there were books in English, there were books about American history, Caribbean history, African history, European history. There were horror novels, there were poems, <coughs> there were books on philosophy, there was everything. And so I was able to read from independent books, independent publishers, and everything. I read everything in any language I could. I just read it, whether I understood what I was reading or not. I read it, and I read it over and over again. I revisited those books after years and years and years. As I grew, as I as I became more educated, as I became um, more uh, articulate, I read those books again. The more knowledge I gained, I literally would revisit those same books and gain and glean new information from them so this big vast universe i I made it smaller you put something in a bookcase you get to encompass a bunch of ideas ideas in this tangible tactile form and you get to put a bunch of big ideas in 200 300 pages it's an amazing thing i find a book to still be a way that we can condense a lot of what this world is and expand it at the exact same time but then now we have wi-fi Now we have the internet, right? And this was supposed to revolutionize how we got information. You don't have to read the book. You can go online. You can snatch it from Wikipedia. You can um, uh, read everybody else's reports and things on a particular subject. You can YouTube it. You can do this. You can do that. Now everyone has this information in the palm of their hands. Everyone is going to get smarter. Everyone is going to be more informed. Everyone is going to be more educated, illuminated, enlightened on particular subjects, right? Isn't that what we were sold? Isn't that what we were told? That the internet was going to make the world smaller and put the world on our On our desks and put the world in our pockets and we were going to know everything and we were going to be so informed and illuminated and enlightened did that happen do you think that the world is smarter today than it was 20 years ago 30 years ago 50 years ago why am i asking you this why There was a little thing called internet freedom. Net neutrality that was being bandied about for a bunch of years. I would say even during even the second Bush term, 2004, right around that time, I kept hearing about net neutrality, net neutrality, something I was very invested in. Wanting to know how we were going to make sure that all of these streams of thought these intellectuals, people with ideas, I would be able to just Google something and just put it in a search engine or wherever, and it would come up, whether it was a, a, a big university, a major corporation, journalistic corporation, or just, just john.com. And he's got something to say. And I'm interested. I just want to read it too. And there was this idea about net neutrality about making sure that everyone was going to get a voice on the web. Remember that? Do you do you remember that? What do we have now? What's going on now with net neutrality? Hmm? Traffic. Who gets to block, who gets to throttle, who gets to prioritize, which business partners are put on the first page. You know, most people don't leave the first page of, of, of a search engine search. So now all of a sudden, so many hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars from corporations are poured into being on that first page. Doesn't sound very net neutral, right? I remember, I'm not going to mention who they are. They were this group of journalists, I'm talking about well-traveled war correspondents, they've They've uh, covered the theater of war on the ground for decades since the '80s, and they worked for this website that was very popular. And I used to I used to get information from that website a lot. I would I would go to them first, and then I would see what the quote unquote mainstream media would say. But I would go to them first. there, there was a handful of websites that I would go to thirst for my information. Why did I go to them first? Because I trusted the efficacy of the journalists. I trusted the accuracy of the journalists. And I remember a lot of those journalists that I'm mentioning were um, ousted from mainstream media newspapers and publications because the things that these particular journalists were saying were upsetting the corporate sponsors. Oftentimes, truth and profitability don't go hand in hand. And a lot of the ugly truths that these journalists were exposing were making the corporate sponsors very uncomfortable. Understood? So I remember I used to get information from these websites often. I would, you know, go on whatever search engine I was using, boom, 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 it would come up. Then all of a sudden, something strange started to happen right around 2016. 2016. 2015, 2016, all of a sudden, I had to dig a little further. I had to go down two pages in, you know, sometimes. You know, even though I knew the website, sometimes I like to search it in a search engine and see what comes up. And all of a sudden, I couldn't get them to show up on that engine anymore, on on that first page anymore. So what started happening? Well, a little thing called uh, 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 net neutrality started to become very biased. Yeah. There's a cozy, cozy little relationship that goes on between your search engines and multimedia, billion dollar multimedia corporations. Reason why I'm bringing this up is because there's a lot of information being bandied about, about what we should or should not put in our bodies. Uh, information about what is or what isn't. But guess what? All someone needs to do is call something fake news and you don't get to see it and you don't get to make up your own mind. I find a lot of dissenters. I find a lot of conscientious objectors. I find a lot of people that were extremely accurate and efficient and ethical. I find them I find them now scrubbed off of our search engines, uh, 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 search portals. When I put their names in, when I put their ideas in, they don't come up. So this small world of ours that was supposed to give us all of this information and make everything so accessible and available to us, now I can't even find the information from people whose credibility can't be questioned. They're almost unassailable, but yet I can't find them, even though every day or every other week or every other month they are printing information for the masses to read, for the masses to discuss, and all of a sudden now, over the last couple of years, can't find them anymore. So the exchange of ideas that was supposed to occur vis-a-vis this world wide web I find it smaller and smaller these days I find what I find that publishers because you know I work with several publishers uh, you know uh, Lenore and I we, 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 we speak to publishers about what books uh, th- that they want and what they're looking for I've spoken to several <coughs> friends of mine who, uh, who have been published who've published in the past and we see how the pool is shrinking for the kind of thought that they're actually even allowing to be published from these publishing houses. I remember in New York City growing up how important the, the local or independent bookstore was. The pamphlets that I used to get on the street And how those pamphlets led me to go to libraries and those libraries led me into bookstores and I would read something and I wouldn't take it as an absolute truth. I would take it and it was literally like a breadcrumb would start. It would start me on a scavenger hunt for what the truth is. And if I couldn't find the truth, at least at the, at the very least I had several ideas that I didn't have before about a particular subject. Maybe it was a subject I wasn't even thinking about. But that dude on the street corner in Jamaica Avenue, with his little book table table full of pamphlets and books that you couldn't find in a bookstore, some independent publisher that only maybe prints out two, three, four, thousand copies a year, I was getting those copies or those little bookstores and those stands and those festivals where you can get those ideas and figure out whether it's true or not by reading and constantly going in and beating it down and finding finding out more information on the topic. You get to even meet the author and browbeat the author and pepper them with questions and debate and rhetoric. This was an awesome time. If you were a truth digger, if you were looking, seek and ye shall find, as they say, right? I was searching. So when I say small world, I want everyone out there to be extremely alarmed at your search engine. Extremely alarmed at your internet. Extremely alarmed at your YouTube um, Uh. uh views or or, or what's exactly presented to you as updates and uh, uh, favorites and show up as things you may like, you're not getting the things you may like. I know the sites that I go on. I know the Instagram pages that I, I, that I, I frequent, I know the YouTube pages that I frequent. And I notice, I notice something. All of these social media outlets and the Internet is not providing me uh, uh, similar information to the content that I view often, the content that I subscribe to. When they say things you may like, I'm like, Wait, no, 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 I don't like that. You just sent me four, five, six, seven, eight things that I may not like. There's several people that used to be on Instagram and on Twitter that are now kicked off of Instagram and Twitter for speaking something that does not uh, 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 coincide and align with maybe public narratives. I won't call it popular narratives because we're being told what's popular. It's like when you go to your supermarket, you're you're choosing from what's already been chosen for you. So technically, you're really not making a choice. So what's going on right now is whether you're on your Twitter, on your Grams, on your YouTubes, on your Google searches, your, your Bing searches, whatever you're using, you're choosing from what's already been chosen, what they're allowing through. Information is being policed politically. Information is being policed ideologically. Information is being policed For profit motives. It's not being policed due to it may be a danger to you. No, 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 no. It's not being policed intellectually. It's being policed due to profit motives and political motives at the top of the list. Profit motive first and foremost. So you're not getting all the information. Because most of us are getting our information from what? you you turn on your local news we've discussed this before you turn on your local news and they tell you about some car accident that was on the highway you want to hear something i don't care about that accident on the highway that happened in the morning unless it's going to interfere with my traffic that day uh, going to work if there was a burglary across town yeah it sounds and they caught the guy great why is it on my news You have 30 minutes to report to me things that can adversely affect the multitude of people. House was broken into. You caught the guy. Awesome. There was a car accident. Boom. The people are in the hospital. I'm pretty sure their family members and loved ones and jobs and everyone was called. Okay. It's not a kidnapping. It's not an Amber Alert. Moving on. If it's that, then please put the ch- picture of the child on the screen and maybe we've seen such and such. Someone is at large, etc., etc. But for the most part, we're fed fodder when we turn on our local news. It's fodder when we turn on our national news. It's fodder. And now when we go online thinking that we're going to dig for alternative news and find out the information and real information, guess what? The web is cracking down on, 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 an, on an independent news outlet's ability to be solvent, to be recognized, because they get recognized by original views, by original clicks, by how long someone stays on their site by how many email subscribers they have to their newsletters. This is how these people make money. This is how they employ other people to go out there and search for the truths that we don't have time to go search for ourselves because we are at work, we are at school, we are raising families, we are doing our own thing, and there are people out there right now that specialize in what? Digging for the truths and giving them to the people. Mm. So your small world, our small world, has gotten infinitely smaller within the last five years or so. Just when we were on the cusp of this information age that we keep hearing about. (sighs) The faucet's been turned off on original thoughts and things of that nature. It's back to the pamphlets, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking for where I can get back to that. I am extremely fortunate to be born and to have been to have came of age to come of age right before the digital age where I would go to several bookstores but now I go to these so-called independent bookstores and you know what they have they have books from mainstream politicians and celebrities you know they're trying to drive traffic into their bookstores now you know and so when I'm when I'm looking for something that um, is, is not um, aligned with the prevailing narratives that exist um, can't get it can't find it and um, people who claim to be on the right or people who claim to be on the left and I look at the books that are there and um, the publishers that have their little divisions now their little woke divisions you know conscious, their um. Social activist division, and they make sure that that activism is in the safest of spheres. They ne- they make sure that that uh, activist author is, is 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 uh writing within the framework of the liberal elite parameter because I know it well. I mean it's 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 about sixty, seventy years of of banter from America's liberal elite. Um, And then if you read George Orwell, if you read um, and I'm not talking about 1984, I'm talking about Message to Catalonia and other things like that. If you read if you read Chris Hedges, if you read other people, you will see that. Oh, yeah. You know, the parameters by which many people who consider themselves left, they speak in very they shrink. They shrink the conversation. And if you're someone who may subscribe to leftist politics and you say something like, hey, wait, what about that? We need to fix that. No, 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 no. Their dogma is and their dogma. And then you're getting that on the right, too. And so oh, what's considered the right. And I'm disappointed. Um, it's alarming. It's alarming how much information is out there about particular subjects that are going on right now that you will never hear about. You're not going to hear about it. Um, when you do a search for it online, um, you're not going to find it. And you think because you didn't find it, it doesn't exist. You're going to think that because when you did a YouTube search for it and you didn't find it, that means that thought doesn't exist. That means that the prevailing narrative must be dot, 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 Right that what the, 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 what's, what's showing up on your first page of your uh, uh, Google search must be right because the other stuff is on page 53, if at all. It's been scrubbed. Many of these websites that were solvent and were liquid and were popular that were giving us counter-narratives Ideas for us to ponder before we made up our minds and made a decision. They introduced new information and a new way of looking at things, a different perspective, possibly than one that we've already employed. Those sites are now gone. They're defunct because of this net bias, because the billions of dollars that's poured from major corporations into um, that first page. (laughs) And the reason why I'm laughing is because information is everything and knowledge is power. If you don't have all the knowledge to make a decision and you are powerless, period. Before you decide that things need to stay the same or things need to change, you must have all the information. If you are not provided all that information, he who controls information controls the masses. Men who manage ideas manage the masses. So the men who manage ideas and the men who manage men are controlling us all. Okay? You manage money and you manage ideas, you manage everyone. And so the money managers are now managing our ideas. They're telling us what shows up on page one. They're telling us who, d- who, gets, t- who gets to get a blue check mark on their Twitter or on their gram or on their, F- on their social media page. They're telling you. They're saying, you get kicked off, you get kicked off, you're getting suspended, you're getting suspended. Even though when you fact-check the information that many of those people were suspended for, their facts were, they were accurate. And that's what's alarming. Not that they were some sort of, you know, not that they were yelling fire in a crowded theater. No, when you fact-check the information that they were censured for, censored for, marginalized for, ostracized for, and you realize that it was the truth, then you realize something about human nature and and, and society in general. And what's that? That we've always crucified our truth tellers. Hmm? Do you know that? We always execute, incarcerate, marginalize, exile, ostracize our truth tellers. And then years and decades or hundreds of years later, we martyr them. We, 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 we deify them for their great sacrifice. Hmm? And then we use them as an example of, 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 of how to live and what to do and tell the truth. But, but, in, but in their era, when they lived, they couldn't save a soul. The system and the people turned against them. What do you say to that? So when these people get censored, when these websites now become bankrupt and truth-seeking, well-intentioned journalists, authors and investigators and researchers now are out of work and we are out of information because if they're not working to get us information, then we're not getting that information and that means we don't know the truth. That means people who have other agendas are actually controlling our universe hmm what do you think about that hmm that's what i want to know because uh our truth tellers are now being sacrificed i'm on i'm on a search engine now and i'm looking for a piece of information And I know that this piece of information is available on that on a particular website. And as you know, with websites, once you write certain uh, keywords in on in your search engine, certain websites just come up that utilize those particular keywords. So I'm there's a there's a particular website that I know I just read this article last week. And I, it's using all of these words verbatim. I literally just wrote down the whole sentence from this website, and it's a popular website. And guess what? It doesn't show up in the search engine. I just did it just now, just just to, just to bring that point home. And it's and it's so new and it's so recent that it should show up because it's it's it it has to deal directly with current events. It's not something from. It's not, it's not an obscure uh, topic, right? And so here we are in this small world where we have these devices in the palm of our hand where I can reach people across many, many time zones just for the cost of my normative phone plan. No extra money, no extra hoops to jump through. I just engage an app and boom, talk away. And within seconds, no matter how far away someone is, someone can be a day away. It can be 24 hours into the future. (laughs) And they're still going to get it instantaneously and reach back into the past on their app and communicate with me. That's how small and beautiful our world is right now. I can do that. But at the same time, when I put a piece of information into this search engine, for it to tell me all the information that I need about a particular subject in real time. I can't get it now. So my small world allows me to reach out to different people here, there, and everywhere. But if everybody is going to the same portals, trying to find the truth, you're going to notice something if you haven't noticed it already. Your friends, your family are starting to sound as if they are parroting the same talking points that you see on your news and your news outlets and on these pre-approved websites. So when you try to have a conversation outside of that scope, you're going to notice that it's going to be very difficult for many people around you to have those kind of conversations due to what they've been allowed to read and see. The publishers aren't, the major publishers aren't publishing the books that are breaking open big ideas. I've looked, I've looked, like I said, we're in the, we're in the, we're in the publishing business now. So I'm in bookstores and I'm going on publishers websites and I'm seeing what the, what, what books are, are, are coming down the pipe. And I say, oh, that's interesting. Oh, okay. All right. And, um, I, um, you lose information, you lose everything. You lose information, you lose everything. Your newspapers have shrunk. They, they, they barely have enough subscribership and, and, and readership to, to sustain. So they get rid of what used to have a 500-person newsroom is now 50, <laughs> if, that mo- if that much. You know, they get new reporters as opposed to older reporters who have a certain amount of equity in a particular city covering a beat. You cover a beat for 20, 30 years, you know, everyone, you know, everything that's going on. You've, you've bought enough beers, enough round of drinks to know who's doing what, who's moving what. Yeah. Okay. And a, and a, and a drunk mind reveals what a sober mind conceals. So you get a lot of information, but what happens then when that, that, that veteran reporter is fired. The 50-something gets fired for the 20-something who's just out of college and doesn't know anyone anywhere outside of their journalism classroom. How are they supposed to get information about what's going on in real time, in city hall, at the police department, in business, in construction, in development, in... Sp- How are they supposed to know about these relationships? They don't have any relationships. but that's what's happening. The truth tellers and the ones who can get us the truth have been sacrificed at the altar of expediency and profit. Here we are. And here we are today where you don't have any newspapers that are worth a damn. The newsroom has shrunken by 80%. It wasn't as if it was bloated to begin with. You needed that many people working stories working stories now you don't it's only uh, how, how if, if you have two three four reporters on a particular story guess what happens that story never dies right that constantly someone's always on it getting new information right but now you don't have any newspapers your search engine which you think is going to give you all the information at the at the drop of a dime at the at, the, at your fingertips is scrubbed a lot of uh, uh, information, so you can't even make up your own mind. Okay, to be or not to. Okay, maybe I agree with one side, but I'd love to read the other side's um 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 argument. M- me, I don't make up my own mind until I can find as many sides as I can. You never get the ho- you never get all the sides, but you do your best. I try. I I, I make I make a uh, a concerted effort and a sincere attempt to get as much information from different sources, the the opposition, and there are different kinds of opposition. People may disagree with something for totally different reasons. People may agree with something for totally different reasons. And the people that agree on something can be completely ideologically opposed on, on, on many topics, including the topic they agree with each other on. I've been there where I'm sitting there with someone who I am diametrically opposed to on almost everything, but we agree on this one thing, but we agree on it for totally different reasons. Or when we disagree, we disagree with totally different reasons. This person's not my ally ideologically. We're not aligned in many, many ways, but we agree. That's the beauty of, inv- in of investigating, of, 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 of searching, of, of finding information from different people and different sources. This small world where someone gets to put a phone in their hand and take a picture of someone and record someone and 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 and, and, and edit it however they choose and 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 and, and deliver it to the uh, to the table of mass consumption and mass voyeur voyeurship and viewership just to do and we spoke about this in one of my um um. I guess uh, shows. I think it was watch them. I think it was season two. We spoke about the voyeuristic nature of a lot of our of, of of our habits of watching TikToks and watching this and watching that, and just three seconds, thirty seconds, five seconds, ten seconds of information, and then all of a sudden our attention spans over the last twenty years has has decreased by at least thirty five to fifty percent, conservatively speaking, and so you know information isn't absorbed, isn't taken in at the lengths that it was. And it, it isn't absorbed at, at length that it once was. Um, I would like many people out there, many of you, to take a moment and realize that the information that you're given about particular things that are going on in your world right now and in the future, you are not getting all of the information. You're not even getting of the information that it's going to be incumbent upon you to search and seek out more information, search and seek out outside of your 30 minute news report, outside of your um, cable news outlets, outside of your search engines. Your search engines are a start it's not the finish line it's the beginning of your search it doesn't end after you click on a couple of sites or you go to youtube university and figure and hear a couple of people say a couple of things and you read and you scroll through the comment sections and maybe you click on a couple of those links it doesn't end there if you want to truly be informed about a particular subject and if it's that important to you in your life and your livelihood and and, and it's, it's it's that important to the people in your lives the people that you care about then you're going to have to go about it you're going to have to go about really searching and really being that investigator and i'm going to say it a lot of those independent websites that we allow to fail that's on us that's on us subscribe to those websites Donate to them when they have fund drives and things like that. Donate. When they say they're independent and they're not taking money from this corp and this corp and they're being as transparent with you, the reader, as possible, you have to give. Information isn't free. The most expensive word in the English language is free. It is a four-letter word. I remember reading Robert Greene's 48 Laws of Power. It's an an interesting book. It's kind of hilarious. Parts of it are ridiculous, but there was one line that I loved. One of the laws were despise the free lunch. Somebody's paying for that lunch that you're getting for free. So all that information that you were getting at your fingertips from these independent sources, those men and women have to eat too those men and women have 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 responsibilities they have rent they have car notes they have student loans they have families that they're supporting while you're just clicking and reading and going and sharing going ooh you seen this no when they have those fund drives you donate you give a dollar you give two maybe you don't maybe you don't get to 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 maybe when you go to the supermarket you don't you don't you don't um purchase that extra calorie, cholesterol, junk food that you were going to get. And maybe you use that 5, 10 bucks and you give it to that news site that's out there on the front lines trying to get you the truth because they could easily go the other way and just work for a corporate monolith and say, Hey, listen, we're just going to feed everybody the same fodder, you know, and, and, and make tons of money doing it. There's no money in truth telling you understand there's no money in it, you know, there's no money in it, you're not, you're not going to get rich telling the truth, you're not going to, you're not going to become a millionaire or a six-figure telling the truth, you're not going to be a high earner telling the truth, okay, it's laborious and oftentimes it's thankless and it's definitely, definitely not profitable and so now we are in interesting times, ladies and gentlemen, where we don't have the information and, and, our, and, and at our fingertips anymore. Our bookstores, our publishers, and our search engines aren't giving it to us. So what are you going to do? Do you still care about the truth? And if you do, what are you going to do about it? And how are you going to get it? In this small world of ours that seems to be getting smaller and smaller by the minute. Sooner or later, the only thing we're going to know about is what's going on in our homes. It's the only thing that we're going to actually be able to validate or confirm. On that note, talk to you later, small world.